my friends, and Merry Christmas. By the time you hear this, it will already be Christmas Day. The Christ will have already come. As I do every Christmas Eve, around this time, I'd just like to tell you a story tonight. Stories, especially Christmas stories, are meant to be told and retold again. After all, that's the whole point of a story, to allow you to connect to a different time and a different place. With the successive generations of storytellers, the story shifts and molds and changes itself to fit the present. The skill of any great storyteller is to be able to tell the tale, only changing it in so much as to make it strike a chord with the listener, to make it relevant, and to do all of that without losing the story's original poignancy. Oh, I could just play the original, and while it would have a certain sense of nostalgia to it, you may miss the point entirely because it has no connection to the present. So as I settle into my leather armchair on this Christmas Eve, allow me to do one of the things that I love to do the most, to just tell you a story. This particular story was first broadcast December 24th, 2004 on ABC Radio. It doesn't really seem like it was that long ago, does it? But in the short 18 years since this story first aired, the noontime broadcast is no more. And so here on this program, we've started a new tradition. Every Christmas Eve, the telling and retelling of the man and the birds. Now the man I'm going to tell you about was no Scrooge by any measure. He was a good man. man who was upright in his dealings with other people, who was generous with his money and very loving and caring towards his family. But he just didn't believe in all of this incarnation stuff that the church teaches around Christmas time. He was too honest to pretend otherwise. He just didn't believe. He couldn't pretend. And because of that, he felt like a hypocrite. He just couldn't swallow the Jesus story, God coming to earth as a man. And on every Christmas Eve, he looked at his distressed wife and he said to her again that he just couldn't go to the Christmas Eve service with her yet again because he'd feel, feel like a hypocrite. So he'd rather just stay home. He told her that he'd wait for them to get home after the service, and then he'd tuck the kids into bed himself, but he just couldn't join them at church on Christmas Eve. So his wife bundled up the children and got them into the car and buckled them in and took them to church, and after the door closed, he stood at the window for a bit and watched the snow fall. It's a white Christmas, not unlike the one we're having this Christmas Eve in Buffalo right now. After a few moments, he walked to the bookshelf, took out a volume that he'd been meaning to read several times over, but never actually picked up, and got into his fireside chair to read while his wife and children were at church. He found it difficult to concentrate in reading his book because he wished that he could be with his wife and children at the candlelight service that he knew was every bit as beautiful as his wife had described to him. All of a sudden, he heard a thud on the window, and then another, and another, and another. He sprang to his feet, certain that he was going to catch some Christmas Eve pranksters snowballing his house. But when he jerked the door open, there was no one there. The only footprints left in the snow were those left by his wife and children. 
The only thing that was there was a flock of birds that had gotten turned around in the winter storm and tried to escape the howling wind by flying through his window, and instead they sat there on the ground, confused. They were huddled out there miserably, caught in the winter storm. In a desperate search for warmth, they had attempted to fly through his picture living room window. These shivering birds were his holiday pranksters. Now, he couldn't just let these poor creatures sit out in the cold and freeze, and he remembered the barn where his daughter stabled her horse. Surely, if he could open the doors and get the birds into the barn, they would be warm in there, and they would survive the howling storm. All he would have to do is direct the birds to that shelter, so he quickly put on his overcoat and his galoshes, and he trudged through the snow out to the barn. When he reached the barn, he opened the doors as wide as they would go, and he turned on the light so the birds could see where they were supposed to go. The birds would know their way in, towards the safety of the warm barn. But the birds didn't come in. They didn't follow the light. So the man thought, well, maybe he could entice them with food. It works with every other creature. So he ran back into the house and grabbed a couple pieces of bread so that he could make a breadcrumb trail from the birds to the barn. So he's very careful. He sprinkled them all across the snow, all the way to the wide-open, yellow-lit door of the barn. But to his dismay, the birds ignored the breadcrumbs. They just continued to flop around helplessly in the snow. He tried shooing them. He walked around them, waving his arms, trying to scare them to move towards the barn. But instead, they just scattered away from him in every direction. Every direction, that is, except for the warm, well-lit barn. And that's when he realized that the birds were afraid of him. Afraid of him. He realized that to them he must be this large, imposing, terrifying beast. He thought to himself, if only I could find a way to let them know that they could trust me, that I'm not trying to hurt them, I'm trying to help them get into the barn where they can stay nice and warm. But how? Every move he made tended to scare them even further and confuse them. They would just not follow. They wouldn't be led, and they wouldn't be shooed toward the barn. Because they feared him. And he thought to himself, if only I could become a bird. I could be a bird and mingle with them and speak their language to them. I could tell them that they have no reason to be afraid of me. That I could lead them to the nice, safe, warm, and well-lit barn. But then I would have to be one of them so that they could see and hear what it is that I had to tell them. Only then would they ever understand what I was trying to tell them. Only then could I lead them to the barn. And at that moment, the church bells began to ring from the Christmas Eve service. The sound of the bells had traveled the distance from the church to the man and finally reached his ears. Above the sound of the wind, he stood there, listening to the bells. He listened and heard them, and he felt the glad tidings of Christmas. And then he did the one last thing he could think of for the birds. He sank to his knees in the snow. By the time you hear this, it will already be Christmas Day. I hope that you, your family, and your friends have an amazing Christmas. May God bless you and your families. Merry Christmas. From the base of the Bighorns, on this Christmas Eve, good night.